Hello, and welcome to the Breathwork Club, a podcast designed to help you connect with your breathing. My name is Brian Malone, and thank you very much for joining. Over the past few months, I've started to do interviews with people in the world of breathwork whose work I really admire. It's a process I've really enjoyed, and I find that there is something about the intention of recording a conversation for a podcast that creates a certain openness and honesty. I've recently become a dad, and this has had me reflecting quite a lot on my own parents' journey as parents, particularly my dad. So for this episode of the podcast, I had a chat with my dad about being a dad. We talk a little about his background, his relationship with his father, his experience as a stay-at-home dad, the joys of being a granddad, and his philosophy as a parent. My dad is one of my favourite people in the world, and probably the person who has influenced my life the most. I'm very grateful to him for taking the time to have this chat. I found a lot of value from having this conversation And I hope you do too from listening to it. So here's me and my dad. Hello, dad. Hi, how's things? (laughs) Hi there, you. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. For a man who's sitting with a microphone in front of his face. Yeah. yeah. Your first podcast, I take it? Uh, My first ever recording of any description. (laughs) Well, thank you. Thank you for... um, for agreeing to come on it. Um, so I guess what I wanted to first start with for the people listening would be for you to maybe give a little bit about your background, where you came from, your upbringing. Um, yeah, let us know a little bit about you. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I, I think I'm part of a dying generation. Um, I was born in, I was born in 20 Lower Garner Streets and my mother uh, was born in 21 Lower Garner Street and her mother and father still lived there uh, when I was born. And uh, a few months after I was born, um, a flat came available in 21. So we moved into 21. So I suppose I I, I spent the first 12 years of my life in 21 Lower Garner Street. I suppose for anybody who's not familiar with Garner Street, Garner Street was uh, street lined with with well, particularly lower garner streets was a uh, street lined with georgian buildings that were uh, divided up into what, what we call flats uh usually uh two roomed or one roomed uh, depending on the family so in 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 our tenement in in garner streets uh we had uh, two families on the ground floor we'd my granny and granddad uh, and some uncles who hadn't married uh on the first floor our family lived on the, the second floor and then we did another family lived above us. So we were all fairly cramped in. Uh, there was one toilet for all of the families to share. Um, but my, there, there was a there was a, a tap in the, in the backyard, um, but we certainly had a tap in, 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 in our flat. So I'm not quite sure. Did anybody else have a tap or were <laughs> we the only ones with a tap? But uh, there was no lock on the front door. Um, so people just came and went and 
often you know in the morning when we'd come down we'd find people asleep on the stairs that you know maybe homeless or whatever and people we we had a basement which was blocked off but my mother tells me uh, a woman lived in the basement at one time but we'd often come and we'd find people asleep on the back stairs going into the basement and I suppose how 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 would I describe my upbringing? Um, I I my my memory of myself as a child is that I I was a I consider myself a fairly gentle child. Um, I I had a, a fabulous upbringing in Garn Street. Garn Street was a fairly tough place, surrounded by other tough places, John McDermott Street and Sheriff Street and and and, and other places, um, Foley Street. And uh, I, I went to the local school initially. Um, my mother, as I said, uh, was born in 21 Garner Street and, and lived all of her life up to the time of her tenement collapsed uh, in Garner Street. And definitely, if you were to do a podcast with her, for example, you would swear she lived in paradise. Um, it was the most wonderful place. She had everything she wanted, even though they had nothing. Um, she couldn't have been any happier. Uh, she had a fabulous childhood, fabulous life in Garner Street. And, and, and I concur with her um, that we, we had absolutely nothing, but we weren't aware of anything outside of Garner Street, which is, which is very strange. Like my, my father was an electrician and he worked. So, you know, we, we weren't a poor family for the want of a a uh, better word um but we were just surrounded by family um i i have very little memory of my my mother's mother and father uh, i have vague memories of them both of them died when i was young uh, but the, the vague memories i have are very very happy memories um and as i said that the the my mother was from god i have to remember now she had the uh, at least four sisters and and three brothers and she was the youngest and when she was young she she was in poor health um uh, so the sisters tended to mind her a loss uh, and certainly I, I'm, I'm the eldest so I was her first child and I grew up almost believing I had four mothers I mean all her sisters you know, looked after me, you know, brought me places, anything that needed to be done, they would do us. Um, I was absolutely surrounded by love. There was no, you know, uh, not that people go around judging children or whatever, but, you know, they they all lived within uh, a radius of Garner Street and Garner Street was the hub. Uh, my, my, my granny's flat, um, they all, as I say, my mother was the youngest, so all our sisters were married uh, and only one of our brothers got married, two of them remained unmarried. And uh, But they all converged on Garner Street every Saturday, um, you know, and it was just the centre of all of their lives. And even when we ultimately moved from Garner Street uh, out to Edmore, any chance she got my mother was straight back into Garner Street, uh, you know, so it was just, it, it really was the centre of our lives. As I say, it was a tough place. I went to the local school. It was a tough school. There was a few tough families came from Garner Street, um, you know, um, and, and they certainly made their presence felt in the streets and in school. And, uh, but, you know, that was just life. And, and as I say, we'd know, 
we've no idea that there was any other type of life outside, which is strange. So we, we didn't really want for anything. And if we were given something, we, we you know, we enjoyed it. it was, but mostly we just played with things that we found on the ground. And it's hard to believe that, a you know, a box or a wheel could keep you amused for, for, for days on end. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I, I would have to say uh, my, my early childhood memories are, are, are all very, very good. Uh, my mother was very, very happy. Uh, not too sure about my father. Um, <laughs> in fairness to him, he was a man of his generation. You know, he, he was very much the, uh, I won't say a man's man, but very much that the, the man went out to work and didn't really involve himself with the children. I don't think he was that comfortable living in Garner Street. Uh, he he was from Crumlin, uh, and again he had 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 ill health when he was young, uh, and and I suspect he was bullied a lot when he was young. Um, so I, I think he lacked a lot of confidence. Um, that that's when when I look back in hindsight, you know, and and I like Garner Street really was a community and. To, it's like all communities to really understand this. You have to be born there and grow up there, and it's his own little quirks. And though he, you know, he he, he was very much a part of the community there. And you know, my father liked playing cards. He liked gambling. You know, um, and 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 very much did all of those things with the local men and with my uncles and whatever. But but I just always felt he was never fully at home there. Um, but you know, as I say, he was he was an electrician. He he earned a reasonable wage, uh, certainly a wage that you know he could afford to live somewhere better. Uh, but there was absolutely no way that my mother would move from Garner Street. <laughs> it's just, it was just never going to happen. And even as a child, I knew that that you know you know I do remember conversations conversations and I do remember him bringing her to show her houses and Marino and other places and she just looking as much to say you know why would I want to live here you know I have everything I want where I am it's it's uh so again it's 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 very strange to to describe the way of life that we had um I mean there was no lights in the tenement building you know we had lights in 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 the flats all right but actually on the stairways and otherwise, so, you know, you'd be out playing at night, you'd come in, we lived on the second floor, it'd be pitch dark, <coughs> excuse me, there'd be, you know, I'm not going to say there's, there was mice running everywhere and rats running up and down the stairs, there wasn't, but, you know, you you could encounter uh, the odd rat, and uh, so certainly as, as a child, you, you didn't like running up the stairs by yourself, so we used to have to shout up the stairs and then your mother would come out and talk you up the stairs and no, so, as I say, you know, tough and all as it was, my, certainly my memories of Garner Street are, all of them are happy, you know. Mm. Um, unfortunately then, um, the roof collapsed in on, 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 the, on the tenement and then one day a truck just came and took us all away um, to to Weedmore. Um, obviously, as a child, I wouldn't have been involved in any decisions. But I, I, but I don't think my parents were given any decisions. I think they were just told, this is where you're going. And as I say, a truck arrived up one day. All our belongings were packed up on the truck and off we off we went to Edenmore, which, you know, 
you could do the entire podcast on, on my childhood. But but it, it was it was an unbelievable shock to me to find myself out in this uh, state surrounded by green fields. It just didn't didn't suit me at all. You know, I was just so used to having family around me. I mean, as, as I said, Garner Street was very much the hub of of the Bradshaws, which was my mother's maiden name. Um, so, I mean, all all her sisters came in, met there every Saturday. Obviously, they had to bring their children with them. So I knew all my cousins really well. I played with all my cousins. Yeah. <coughs> uh, like Garner Street could get very hot and smelly during the summer. Um, so I, I would go live with my various cousins on various summers, you know, so I knew them all really well. Um, so then suddenly to find myself in this alien <laughs> territory. So so again, you know, yeah, your memory can play tricks on you. But <clears throat> I do I do feel that uh, again, Every opportunity I had, I went back into Garner Street. Uh, as I said, the roof had fallen in on the tenement that we lived in. But my two uncles, my two unmarried uncles, had got another flat in what was called Middle Garner Street. Literally 100 yards from where we used to live. So that then became the focal point of the family, uh, you know. And, and again, every opportunity my mother had, she'd be in there. I couldn't go into town unless I went there, you know, if I, if I went to town for any reason and came home and didn't go to Garner Street, you know, if my mother would, would ask me and I'd go, no, it'd, it'd be shock. Well, well, why didn't you? You know, it's, um, I mean, I went to school in town. I went to O'Connell's. So I'd ramble down there at lunchtime and, you know, so Garner Street was very much the the hub of, of my upbringing. And I mean, Okay, when I'm I'm sixty seven now, and I I left Garner Street when I was twelve, twelve, thirteen. Even when I go in now, and it's completely different streets. Most of the tenements are gone. All the tenements are gone. Not most of them. Um, there's all new apartments there. Some of the Georgian buildings still are still standing there, but I still feel a sense of calm when I I go back into Garner Street. It's a very strange um sensation, and I I just. From from your own childhood, um, the 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 spot where the tenement that I uh, grew up in, uh, they, they there was a number of houses and they were all knocked down and it was a surface car park. So even when you were young and you know we'd go into town and when we had a car, I always parked in Garner Street and I always remember you and 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 your sister Hazel saying. Dad, why are we parking here in such a rough spot? You know, and and you you certainly couldn't get your head around why I was bringing you to this, you know, derelict site. Uh, so it's 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 uh, so. But as I say, I could I could uh, sit here for the next few hours and just talk about garnishes. So that's obviously not why we're here. Yeah. Well, but it's interesting. Um, so obviously the the main thing that I want to talk to you about is fatherhood and that sort of stuff and it sounds like that kind of community and sense of family growing up was obviously a huge influence on you oh, absolutely a, a really big part of your life um and obviously later on you became an electrician and 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 you obviously eventually got married and all that sort of stuff but did, do you do you ever sort of recall 
when you were younger being motivated to have a family of your own was that something you kind of aspired to was that something that you in some level were like working towards in your life or did that kind of happen for you more accidentally yeah no i i I wish I had a better command of the English language, but sort of a lot of things in Garnishry, I felt, you know, just just um, happened organically. You know, nobody really analysed why we were there or, you know, why, you know, somebody has six children and somebody has 14 children or whatever, you know, just, you know, certainly when I was growing up, <clears throat> it wasn't something that we, 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 we certainly thought about. Um, I, I think the, the term I'm looking for is, is matriarchal or whatever, but I certainly grew up in a very matriarchal uh, family. As I say, the women were very strong. They, they were, they, you know, and some of them had unhappy marriages. They weren't all, you know, uh, sunshine and, and, and light, but they were strong, independent women and family meant everything to them. I, I, I get a sense in talking when you, to my aunts um, that their own mother and father really placed a strong emphasis on family, and 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 they certainly carried it through. Uh, as I say, my mother was the um, the youngest and had you know had poor health when she was young. She's she's still alive now. She's ninety two, so obviously she, you know. But as I say, her sisters tended to to look after. Her. And in turn, look after our children. And again, you know, I I could, you know, arrive up at any of my aunt's houses at, at any age, from a very young age, even to, you know, when, when I was in, in, in my, my teens and early 20s, knock on the door, I, you know, I'd be invited straight in. If I asked them, could I stay? I could stay. There was never any questions asked. Well, why are you staying here? Or, you know, is there trouble at home? Is there anything? I, I was very much accepted for what I was. Uh, you know, and I was a bit of a rebel. So, you know, I, you know, I had long hair and, and I was, you know, quite rebellious. Um, but it was never a question, you know, well, why don't you settle down? Or, why, you know, why don't you do something different? It was, this is who you are. We're here to look after you. So, <clears throat> so. I intend to have a, a similar approach to myself. Um, I mean, we are talking about fatherhood. I'm not going to say my father was distant. He wasn't. He, he he was an electrician. He worked very, very hard. But I feel he probably hid behind the work, which a lot of us tend to do. That's, you know, well, I don't have time to be involved in my family because I'm too busy working to earn money, you know, to support this family. Um, so, I mean, I never remember him. <laughs> you know playing football with us or teaching me how to go on a bike or you know how to swim or to you know there was no social aspect to your father he he was your father he went to work he came home mm -hmm. um as i say you know it, it, which was the time children were, were 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 seen in our heads so you certainly didn't answer back you certainly didn't uh you know but he, he, you know, he wasn't a disciplinarian that went out of his way. Um, I mean, you, you met him yourself, you knew him, you know, he, he you know, he, he was a, a, you know, he was a man of his time. Um, 
but uh, you know in, in fairness uh, I was never particularly good at sports myself but uh, I, I do remember that uh, in, in school the team I played for whether it was the class team or the year team I can't remember we got into the final of some inter-school competition and uh, not by any efforts by me but we, we got into the final anyway and, uh, and it was in uh, Fairview Park and I remember he came and and you know as I say, the older you guess, uh, you know, the memory does start to fade, but that does stick in my mind. I do remember him arriving. I I I was playing in defence, so um, you know you, you can do a lot of standing around the defence. So I seen him coming, and I seen him standing watching us, and you know, and anyway, we lost the match. To cut a long story short, and when we were walking off, I went up to him and I said, "Yeah, what do you think? You know, and you went, you were crap." You know? <laughs> Fair enough, you know, <laughs> you know, and then, uh, you know, and, and then I never, you know, he never came to another football match or I don't even know if I even played another football match, but that's, you know, and, you know, again, I remember him bringing me to Crow Park, for example, because it was only up the road, but I don't remember any fun poems in Crow Park, if you know what I mean, I don't remember chatting to him going up or chatting to him coming back about the match. Now, if we went to Crow Park, it'd be ten feet with one of my uncles or one of his brothers, or obviously one of my uncles as well. But you know, so there'd be very little conversation with children. Mm-hmm. You know, the the adults would tend to talk. So you know, you were a child, and that was the end of us. But uh, certainly, when we moved out to Edenmore, uh, you know. I, st- I started, I, I just didn't like living in Edmore. And again, Edmore was a very rough spot at the time. You know, it was a fairly wild place. And, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not ashamed of the fact that I, that I was a gentle enough type individual. Um, you know, I certainly couldn't fight. Um, so, you know, a lot of things went on around me that, you know, just didn't agree with us and didn't, you know, didn't gel with me as such. So I, I, uh, tended to spend a lot more time in town with, uh, with, with my two uncles. Uh, w- one uncle was fanatical for football, uh, managed the team actually. Uh, he play, played himself, and but he, he managed the team. And so everything for his life revolved around football. The, the other uncle, you know, I think I'm allowed to say is he's dead. He was an alcoholic, uh, but he was a very, very nice man. But, you know, he just, he, he worked hard and he drank hard and that was just the way of us. Um, but certainly one of my earlier memories in Garner Street, um, because he, because he drank, uh, you know, the, he'd obviously be in the pubs and whatever. But at the time, uh, one of the Republican newspapers that was sold mostly in the pubs was the United Irishman. And I remember one of the days going in and picking up the United Irishman and, and starting to read it. So I'm going to say I was 13 possibly 14 and I can't even tell you what I read um, but the story started to resonate with me and I started to feel a sense of you know a real sense of Irishness uh, you know and a sense of identity now I'm starting to think that sort of Cohen that was probably around 1966 because I would have been 12 13 66 <clears throat> and uh, or, or even 13 14 but um and of course, there was a whole reassurance of republicanism because it was the 50th anniversary of the rise and all of this. But to me, it was sort of an introduction to to politics and that, yeah, hey, that there's 
because I, I knew nothing about the world. <laughs> I genuinely and, and I wasn't interested. You know, I, I lived in my own little world and, and of friends and family. And, you know, there was nothing outside of it that I needed to know. Um, but this sort of introduced me to, uh, a, a, you know, another view of the world. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't coincide with my father's view of the world. Uh, with the result, I do remember arguments with him over politics, which it seems ridiculous for, you know, a 13, 14 year old to be arguing with their father over <laughs> politics. But, and, you know, again, my father would be, you know, he, he was very conservative. Uh, he, he sort of uh, loosened up a little bit when he got older, but certainly in his younger days, he was very conservative. And, and, and I do remember conversations with him and I do, you know, it definitely sticks in my mind him saying things like, What's that got to do with you? You know what I mean? Mm. Why are you sticking your nose into Northern Ireland or Vietnam or whatever it may be? That has nothing to do with you. Um, you know, and I'm thinking, well, it really does. You know, <laughs> it's the world we live in. Mm. Um, you'd be very like, in fairness, once I got 12, 13, he was an electrician, as I said, um, he would do a lot of nixers. Uh, to supplement his income himself and and his his brother, uh, you know, did a, did a lot of house rewires and you know things like that. I'd be just dragged along as an extra pair of hands. I suppose in hindsight, you know, and of course I'd always resent that. You know, you'd be just dragged along. You'd be lucky to be given you know, 10p for your for your troubles. You know, don't I, I can't say. He ever paid me, but I can't say he didn't either, you know, just have no memory of us. But thinking back on us, they never explained what they were doing. You were just dragged along. You were just told, pull that word to here, climb under this floor, drag that to there. So even though I was working, I'd absolutely, I'd no idea what I was doing and, and nobody bothered to explain to me what would, so which I had no interest in what we were doing. Mm. And it was usually hard work. And it was usually late at night. So, you know, you'd, you'd done your synth in school, you were at home playing and next minute you were told, oh, you're, we're going off. And, and it could be anywhere, you know, you could be dragged, you know, out the Balbriggan and walk until two in the morning or something, you know, and you go, what? You know, <laughs> I didn't ask for this. And I would say our relationship broke down, I'm going to say when I was probably 13, 14, starts really resent one another i think that's the only way to say is uh i always felt that you know then anything i wanted i had to do something for us you know if i you know even if i wanted money like pocket money was was a big thing in those days oh pocket money always freaks me out but if you wanted pocket money you had to do something to get the pocket money that you know, certainly from my father's side there was nothing given without you giving something Whereas on my mother's side, that that would never enter into the conversation with, with either her or any of our family. Everything was just given unconditionally and you were never asked to make any repayment or any explanation as to why you wanted the particular thing that you were looking for or whatever. Um, certainly, I, I, I have no. I don't I, I don't I don't want to. I don't know if I don't want to find out. But I'm trying to think when I was about 14, I could have been maybe 15. I was in second class in secondary school. So I'm going to say I must have been 15. Um, 
and it was funny as I say I went to O'Connell's which was a Christian brother school which was a horrendous experience I, I hate it uh, I mean the cruelty the beatings I mean I was clever enough to avoid most of the beatings by you know just staying out of controversy even though I loved controversy but I knew we step out of line in this place you you get beaten to a pulp mm. uh you know and and so I learned fairly quickly <laughs> you know how to make my protests without getting either costs or, or suffering the consequences or whatever but I always remember in in in, in second class we, we actually shared desks like two two boys sat in the one desk and I remember the guy that sat beside me really really well and uh it's just an instant that sticks in my mind sitting at home having my breakfast one morning getting ready to go to school and my father just walked into the kitchen and he said I want you out of this house and I went I beg your pardon and it was a vague recollection of an argument over Vietnam or something but <laughs> that couldn't have been the cause of it and and I said to him surely well I didn't say anything to him because you, you don't you didn't answer back anyways but so he said I want you out of here and so I think I accepted that on the day and then came home and the next morning he came down and said, why are you still here? I told you, get out of here. And I, and I looked at my mother, what's going on? And she said, you, you know, he wants you out. And I went, well, that's, that's fair enough. <laughs> I remember going into school and, and this does, you know, I've only certain memories, but the... Uh, the guy that I sat beside, who, you know, I won't name, and uh, I remember him saying to me, Jason, Amy, you look really down, you know. And I said, yeah, I've just been thrown out of my house. Now, bearing in mind, O'Connell's is a slightly different school now than it was then back in the 60s. But back in the 60s, it was a fairly middle class school. I mean, there were one or two working class people there, but the vast majority were middle class. <laughs> and, you know, I can still see the look on his face when he's looking at me going, what do you mean? And I said, well, I've been thrown out of my house. And he went, but that's, I mean, you might as well have told me I'd flown to the moon. It's an impossibility. <laughs> How could you be thrown out of your house? And, and so he sort of said, well, what are you going to do? And I said, well, it, it, it's actually funny. My, 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 uh, my mother's eldest sister, Lily, her daughter was Kales. But like Kales was 20, at least 20 years older than me. So I just always thought she was one of my aunts as well. I mean, you can never work out the time. But even into my 20s, I still regarded her as an aunt and, and not a cousin. But, you know, so, uh, but she was my godmother as well. And, and she used to live in Garner Street. She lived across the road from us in Garner Street. Um, but she had since moved as well. So I just went to her and just, again, knocked on the door. She opened her house and I said, look, I've been thrown out of the house. She didn't ask why. Um, which is a pity because maybe I would have known why then, but I can't remember now. And uh, but it was just come in. She had a son, uh, Jackie, and and it was Jack push over there, lay him sleeping in your bed, which it's nice. And uh, you know how long are you staying? And I said, well, I don't know. And she said, well, stay as long as you want, you know. And and so that's where I stayed. Now, in fairness. You know, I, I keep thinking back as if I'd stayed there for weeks on end, but but it wasn't, you know. I think it was probably there maybe, you know, four or five days because I, I was only in the clothes I stood up in and my school <laughs> bag. That's all I had, you know, nothing else. So I think at some stage um, I said, you know, I, 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 you know, 
maybe Colette said it to me you need to go home and get some clothes you know you can't just keep wearing the same clothes and her son Jack was much younger than me so it wasn't like we could uh, swap clothes and uh, so I went home and she, my poor mother was in a terrible state when I when I turned up you know and she and she begged me just to come home and I said Busher I can't you know I've been thrown out so um, she brokered a deal which wasn't the first time this deal happened to me in my life even with other people um, so she brokered this deal that uh, I could not be in the same room as my father because I obsess him uh, so I could come home from school now we lived in a small house in Garnsey sitting room, kitchen two or three bedrooms upstairs The uh, so I, I could come home I could sit in the, in the sitting room, I could watch television, I could do whatever you did in the sitting rooms. But as soon as he came home from work, I had to leave. So <laughs> I, I would sit out in the kitchen or or I'd just go out, you know what I mean? It's, uh, you know, and and again, it, it's it's a memory that sticks in my mind that one time I I was doing my homework or something out in the kitchen and, and one of his brothers came to visit him and uh, they, they were sitting chatting away and uh, I remember the, the, the uncle saying to him, and, and how's Liam getting on in school? And I just remember him saying, I know absolutely nothing about him and I don't want to know anything. And I'm sitting not <laughs> six foot from him. And I go, okay, that's how you feel about us. So, yeah, I think that would have, you know, if, if you were a psychiatrist or something, you might say, yeah, that could have probably some little effects on you because I got very rebellious after that, as you, as you could imagine. Mm. Um, Unfortunately, I discovered uh, drink and drugs almost at the same time. And so that led to a, a bit of a spoil um, at a very young age. And but and it led to me sort of acting out because the, the one thing I found about drink and drugs, it was that you became somebody else when you took them. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think I was that comfortable in my own skin. So when I'd get out of my head, I'd just become this crazy character and, uh, and and I did crazy things and found myself in absolutely crazy situations. And, you know, even to this day, I'm not 100% sure how I survived. <laughs> but I, 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 I think it does go back to my Garner Street days. It's it's. I seem to have a survival instinct. I think, I, I, I'm sure maybe everybody has this, but... Uh, and I could always talk. That was the one thing I could always do. So, you know, I could talk myself into situations and by and large, I could talk myself back out of them, you know. And if I didn't and I got beaten up or whatever, I never really took it too personal, you know. I just took it as a consequence of, of what I'd done and I never felt I deserved it. But, but I also think... Because I, I was only, you know, I, I, I wasn't particularly tall, even though I'm six foot now, you know, I was, you know, I wasn't small, but I wasn't, I wasn't particularly tall, but I, I was skinny like, because for some strange reason, <laughs> maybe just the reason he threw me out, I, I stopped eating food. I, uh, I, I lost my taste for lots of different food and I survived on just eating potatoes. <laughs> and drinking milk that was my, my mother used to love no she didn't you know but uh, I was very easy kept because mm. just put play potatoes and a glass of milk in front of me and that's I, I was fine with that so I didn't need to <laughs> I didn't need these ideas so with the result I was you know when I'm you know probably say 16 I'm trying to think of ages I'm trying to relate ages to, to dates but uh, I mean I was less than 10 stone and I was 
genuinely skinny, like a bone sticking out of me. And I'm mouthing off. I'm, you know, I'm getting into people's faces and, you know, and I know now for myself, if I see it, if I see somebody else doing this, I feel sorry for them. I look at them and say, this, this poor pathetic guy, somebody should help him not beat him up. And, and I'm sure a lot of people just meant, you know, if, if I if I hit this guy, he'd probably fall down dead, you know. <laughs> so I'm sure like whereas I thought I talked my way out of a situation or the guy back down, I'm sure he was backing down from my own gut <laughs> because he probably thought himself, geez, if I hit this skinny little thing, I'll end up being charged with murder or something, you know. <laughs> So yeah, no, there, there, there was a huge spoil that, I, I mean, it went on for a number of years. Um, I, I made some good friends during those years now, in all honesty, you know, friends who are people who are still friends with me now. But, uh, because again, most of us were in a similar situation. You know, it, it's the, the, the parenting was of its time, you know. Mm. The mothers tend to look after the kids and the fathers tend to ignore them. You know, I mean, I, I can't think of any of my friends whose fathers brought them to football or engaged with them in any meaningful way. Mm. You know, it, it was just it was just the way of us. And, and if your father didn't, you, you weren't ostracized. Uh, as a matter of fact, you probably fizzes in better. As, uh, yeah. So after going through those experiences and particularly your relationship with your dad because it's funny because obviously he was my grandfather and I only remember have memories of him being really involved with us that we would go and and spend time with him he used to come to all my football matches he he absolutely loved you to bits (laughs) you know and and the funniest instance with you and him was because obviously I would come to your football matches and I, I was, you know, uh, a vocal dad on the sideline and I'd be shouting, you know, Brian do this, Brian do that. And he'd be standing beside me going, would you ever stop? This is child abuse. Stop shouting at that child. <laughs> I said, I'm only encouraging him. That's not encouragement. That's shouting at him. No, I'm not. I'm encouraging him. And we'd be in him with that rails on the sideline. And he'd be defended. He'd go, you know, f- fuck you. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's who you got to tell me now to raise my own child. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, he absolutely loved you to bits and and i mean as and all of us i think age brought maturity to him you know and and uh but so how did you then feel as after, after your experiences growing up and and what was your first reaction to finding out you were going to become a father well, do you remember the moment or do you remember the yeah I, well 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 and again funny enough you know i do even though you don't, there's a lot of things i don't remember um you know the, the like when when i met jocelyn and and then when we decided to get married which was actually the the um what's the word i'm looking for here not not the stimulus but the it this it, it was true just that led to me making up with my father uh mm. my poor aunt Kales was dying and um we 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 were uh, we held a, a function to to send her off to lourdes which was what people did hope that she might be cured or something you know um and and we held this in in uh, a club down in uh, sheriff street just off sheriff street and all the family were there and friends and whatever so and myself and Justin had got engaged that week or the week previous or whatever, but it was, it was very close to, the, to that time. 
So we're all having a great time. And at one stage in the night, the, uh, I looked over and my mother and father were sitting not too far from where I was. I was thinking, this is fucking ridiculous. I'm 24 years of age. You know, I haven't spoken to this man in 10 years uh, in any meaningful way other than maybe a grunt or something. Because I did end up working with him, which is a whole other story. But that's the end there. You know, but uh, so I'm going, this is just madness. And he, like, I'm, I'm getting married. He hasn't even met Jocelyn, mm-hmm. you know. So I said, said <laughs> just, come on, I'm going to sort this out, you know. So dragged her over him for him. <laughs> and he could see me coming. And and he knew I'd been drinking, and uh, like at this stage, you know, my reputation around alcohol was known by everybody. Not as I say for being a tough guy, or but just being a crazy guy. Uh, and I think he thought that this is going to develop into a situation. And and as I got nearer to him, I could see that he was getting. I could see the look of panic in his face. And at the time, Jocelyn wore glasses, and I sort of I don't know whether I sort of pushed her ahead of me or something. I was just you know just one of these things. Just, and he sort of jumped up and didn't he hit her in the face? It was just one of these comical moments and he knocked off her glasses and oh geez, stop. So what is, so, you know, so I just remember saying to him, look, this this fucking nonsense has to come to an end. I said, I don't give a fuck, you know. I said, I'm getting married, I'm starting on a new life, you know. The past is the past. Let's just leave it at that. And this is Jocelyn, this is who I'm gonna get married to, you know. You're my father, end the fucking story. And and then we were we were pals, you know, uh, and and we were we could be civil with one another, and you know he'd ask me where was I working or was I working or whatever it may be, you know, and uh, I mean at that stage I was an electrician myself, uh, and and I had worked with him, you know, but uh, again uh, why I was an electrician, you know, I wasn't even asked, you know, I I hated school. I, I absolutely hated school and, and school hated me. So and they and and we were involved in a few things in O'Connell's that, that the, the Christian brothers just didn't like. Mm-hmm. Um and I always remember the, 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 the head brother again, I won't mention his name, but uh, I I did my uh, what we used to call the intercert, which would be the junior cert now or whatever. And I remember going in and getting the results and, and and in, in fairness, I was, you know, I was fairly academically good, you know, like, you know, I, I, I wasn't that stupid, but anyways, so I had a good results and, and, and uh, so I was, the, the results were all in the school hall and I remember walking out and he was standing at, at the door and he said, uh, Mr. Malone, and, and how did you do? And I said, no, I did, I did okay, you know, B's and C's or whatever it was. And he went, yeah. And he said, and will you, will you be back to us after the summer? And I said, uh, no, I won't. And he said, oh, well, thanks be to God for that. And I said, I feel exactly the fucking same. And he went, yeah, well, good boy. And I said, well, good luck to you too. And uh, and, and that was the last I walked out them doors and never walked back. Um, but so so what was I going to do with my life? I don't know. Uh, you know, it's, it's certainly um, other ideas, but I just, I, I came home. And it's it's a good story. I think, I think it's a funny story. Um, I'll, I'll put it in my book or, or my next podcast, maybe. <laughs> so I came home and, and my mother said to me uh, you have to go for a job interview tomorrow and I went what and she said you have a job interview and, 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 I, and I said where she said oh with your father's company he worked for this company called John A. Bournes uh, the long gone and um, he, 
she said, "Do you have an interview tomorrow?" And I said, "I, I, I don't want to work in China." No, you have to do the interview. Your father arranged this. Go in, and you see, I had long hair, so in, a, in I went to the into the and I go. This is nineteen probably. 1970 yeah now just come in, in, into 1970 or in the middle of 1970 and uh, so I had long hair it was past my shoulder was 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 really long uh, which obviously the school didn't like but because the last time they got on my back uh, over my hair I shaved my head so I came in as a skinhead <laughs> and I remember being dragged up in front of the class and being, you know, everybody else being told, any other boy comes into school looking like this will be immediately expelled. We're making an exception for Mr. Malone because he doesn't have much sense. But anybody else comes in here looking like that, you know, they're, they're out of here. And uh, so when I grew my hair back, they just said, oh, fucking leave him alone. Like, let him, let him have his long hair. And I was the only one in the school with long hair, which was great. And uh, so anyways, I turned up at the interview. <laughs> Uh, and and John A. Bourne himself, John Bourne himself interviewed me, <laughs> and he just looked at me and he said, "You you you can't be Joe Malone's son." I mean, I've long hair. I've uh, I, I used to wear a combat jacket, uh, uh, Wrangler jeans, and runners, and that's uh, maybe a denim t-shirt or just any of any old t-shirt that I had lying around, and and uh, you know that was and that's what I wore seven days a week. <laughs> <clears throat> so he just kept staring at me and I'm sitting there twiddling my thumbs looking up at the ceiling bored out me. and he kept but, but, but you can't and he, he said but you can't be Joe's son and I said well unfortunately I am and he said I, I, I can't give you a job and I said that suits me down to the ground I said I don't want to be here you know I said you're doing me a favour thanks no he said it's, not, it's nothing personal he said but he said you have to get your hair cut I said, well, that's not going to happen. So I, said, so I said, you definitely can't give me a job, you know. And he went, but, but no, 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 Liam, you have to get your hair cut. He says, for your own protection. And I said, for my own protection? And he went, yeah. He said, look, if I give you a job, he said, you're going to go to work on building sites. And he said, on some of these building sites, there's men working there. They have never seen women with long hair. Don't mind men. <laughs> he said, I couldn't be responsible for your safety. And I said, don't, don't worry about me. I said, I can, I can look after my own safety. And the poor man had to give me the job because he couldn't, because my father was a senior foreman in the company. Mm. So he couldn't tell my father that he, he wouldn't give his son a job. It just would be unheard of. Um, so he had to give me the job. And I just, as I said, I could write a book just on that alone. But when I turned up for work the following Monday, uh, I wasn't the only apprentice that had been taken on that week. He had taken on about six or seven apprentices. They all had their heads shaved. <laughs> and I walked in with my long hair. And you went, how the fuck did you get away with that? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so uh, we, we were working on the Bank of Ireland. The Bank of Street was our job. And there was a block A and a block B. So it was the unwritten rule. My father was the foreman for block A. And so I was put to work on block B. Um, and, and that's just that was just the way of us. But, you know, obviously me being me, it's got into all sorts of trouble. So any time that I overstep the mark as punishment, I'll be put walking over block A with him. <laughs> so because he couldn't talk to me directly, he'd had to give orders to others to tell me. I was just mad and I couldn't talk to him. So I had to tell, you know, will you ask him, does he want me to do this or whatever? <laughs> so, yeah, no, that was sort of but we made up. And so we get to the to the nub. So we got married. 
in fairness, I don't think any of us really, you know, myself or just really thought about children in all honesty. You know, you know, we certainly never discussed this. Uh, let's have children. And With results, like we were married, we were at least married five years, which again was unusual in, in those days. People got married, had children, you know, there was no. Um, so I was actually near to 30. And I, I was starting to think about my own mortality at that stage. You know, fucking man, I'm nearly 30. And in fairness, if you'd have met me when I was 15, to see that I'd got to 30, to, even to me, I could look back and go, man, that was some achievement <laughs> that I managed to get to 30. Because certainly when I was 16, I never thought I'd, I'd get to 70 until I'm 30. Um, so I definitely know those thoughts started with my mind a little bit more. Mm. Um, can't have, can't really remember any discussion with Joss about children, but but I know we had a miscarriage the first time, and two of us were devastated. Mm -hmm. But the funny thing about it was that we we were absolutely broke. We we you know, Jocelyn always worked. She worked in the libraries. I was always in and out of work just because of the economy. It wasn't, I mean, I, I you know, I was a reasonable electrician. I wasn't a great electrician, but I was a reasonable electrician. But there was just no work. But, but I always did Nixers, so I always earned money. You know, I always had money. Um, and and with the result, we had bought a house and all things were all, you know, you know, taking out a mortgage on the house, everything was all good. But I, I, I remember, you know, after the miscarriage, both of us started looking at one another and going, saying, you know, maybe it was for the best. You know, we're not ready to have a child. We're not, you know, we're not in a financial position to have a child or anything like that. But... Then as I got closer to 30, as I say, all these mortality <laughs> issues started to come into my life. So we must have had, we must have agreed. I, I don't, I, you know, we must have agreed. Let's, let's go again or, or whatever, you know. And uh, one of my sidelines before, before I became an electrician or while I was an electrician, uh, I, I mean, in fairness, you serve five years to to serve your time. I served seven years because <laughs> <laughs> I was forever in and out of work and getting into trouble and getting sacked. And did but one of my sidelines, um, I, I was a bit of a psychic, so I used to read palms and interpret dreams. <laughs> you see, and I had the long hairs, I had the look, and I had all. The, and in fairness, I actually could do it. I I I genuinely had a gift for us. Uh, I I've lost the gift, but. Though there was a time now it could have been a lot of psychedelic drugs encouraged <laughs> the gift <laughs> and that's a whole other issue uh but you know i i, I felt i had a gift um and uh I, I always remember uh one night having this most vivid dream um of of a tree growing in the front garden and and waking joss up saying joss there's, there's a tree growing in the front garden and she looked out and she went oh yeah she said, that's a hazel tree and I went, okay. And when I woke up the next morning, I said to her, we're going to have a girl mm. and we're going to call her Hazel. <laughs> and, and we did. All mm. of that happened exactly. And I mean, I, I, I was just blown away. I, it's, I mean, you're, you're there with Lily now. I mean, uh, they, we, we wanted to have a home birth, believe it or not, even, even all those years that back. But the hospital wouldn't allow us. They said, no, that mm. just, we, we, we were one of the first people to run out of a maternity hospital while she was pregnant, but they ran after us and dragged us back. Was um, they they uh, so so we had Hazel in 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 uh, Hollow Street, and and I was there at the birth, and it was just 
magical. And mm. I remember, you know, picking her up and just, you know. How did you feel specifically about having a girl? Did you have any any feeling? Oh, I suppose you had the dream, so were you maybe presuming it was going yeah. to be a girl? Or... F- funny enough, and on, on so many levels, that's a good question. <laughs> because it, even though I, I was brought up surrounded by women, Mm. And 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 I was always very comfortable in the presence of women and girls. You know, I, I certainly wasn't a playboy. You know, as I say, uh, ten stone, less than ten stone, with bones sticking out of all parts. <laughs> I don't think it was a good look for most Dude, of the women. You weren't fighting them off. Uh, uh, no, I certainly wasn't <laughs> fighting them off. That's for sure. But I was. I always had a lot of women friends, and I was always very comfortable with women. Uh, and and uh, but I had no idea what women thought, I, you know, I, I had no idea what it was like to be a woman, uh, you know, and, 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 and I never really thought about it. So with the result, when I was standing there looking at Hazel, I didn't have any fears or mm. particular dreams for her because she was a blank canvas. I didn't, whereas with you, well, oh, fuck, what happens now when he gets bullied or some fella pushes you? And so I think fathers with sons, particularly in the modern world, uh, you know, and you hear it so often, and you'll hear yourself going, oh, you know, I'll, I'll put him to the boxing and he'll take up karate and nobody's ever going to push my son around. He'll be the toughest guy in the street. All this nonsense because mm. you're just projecting all this crap from yourself. Mm. Uh, but I knew nothing about what it's like to be a girl or what, girls think about or how they react to certain situations, you know, or, you know, and certainly I had no understanding of the discrimination that women face, mm-hmm. you know, because I had never done this, you know, yeah. I'd seen it around me, but it didn't really, you know, I, I didn't tend to, you know, overreact to us. Mm-hmm. But so she, she was just a blank canvas to me. She was just, you know, a friend. And, you know, I think I was so happy she was a girl because yeah. I didn't have to think about those issues. Yeah. I think if it had been a boy, I think that would have brought a lot of stuff to the surface. Oh, you know, I don't want this to happen. I don't want I that to happen. Kind of, you know, from you talking about your relationship with your father, which might not have been necessarily defined by the fact that you were a man or, you know, you were his son. But after going through that with your dad, did you feel any sense of maybe relief that it was she was a girl in a I, way? Or I, I think so. Yeah. I, I, absolutely. And... And and I sort of felt uh, I'm you know because we all say is I'm not going to make those same mistakes. But the the because she was a girl, um, you know, th- there was a lot of things that I was never going to do. That, you know, uh, you know, fairness even at the time when I mean girls didn't play football, for example. So that that was completely ruled out. You know what I mean? They may have played other sports, but they weren't sports that I knew anything about. So, you know, like she had, you know, she played badminton when, when, when she grew up and things like that. But so, so with no expectations yeah. of, of either, you know, you know, it's very hard to describe. So to me, and, and I hope she would agree, <laughs> We, we we were just friends and she came everywhere with me. I mean, I brought her everywhere. I wanted her to be with me. Like, you know, I wasn't, because uh, I don't know, even, even if, if you had a son, you might be thinking, oh, it, it, you know, 
is he a bit dopey or is he a bit this? Or, I, I don't know. You know, that, that you've been introduced to your friends and your friends will go, yes, your son's not terrible tall or he's not, you know, he's whatever. And yeah. you're like, oh, God. Whereas, you know, I just, she was just my pal and I just brought her everywhere. And, you know, and I expected everybody to treat her just, you know, well. And, I, and, and obviously, you know, I expected people to treat her well. And, you know, it's, it's, it's not a particularly funny story, but she was born in September, and uh, the, I, I had a large group of friends who enjoyed uh, drinking. So uh, we used we we well wetted our head. We drank for a week uh, <laughs> celebrating her birth. Uh, but I remember being in this pub, this nice about twelve guys, you know, all getting seriously drunk, and it was the junior cert. And so there was the pub was just full of young girls in mini skirts and belly tops and obviously as I mean I I I think I would have been the oldest guy there actually because most of my friends at that time were were just slight not much younger than me but they were, they were they were certainly younger than me um so they were passing comments on the girls oh look at her and you know we, we, you know the usual comment I remember getting really angry going hey. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> that, in fucking 16 years time, that'd be my fucking daughter. And fuckers like you would be saying these things about her. And I'll come and I'll punch her fucking head in. You know what I mean? So that sticks in my mind. And every time I see the, the junior Sarah say it, it always reminds me of the time, you know. And uh, But yet, no, um, it, I, I, I think for a lot of men, having a daughter first is a great introduction to fatherhood. Because, as I say, you 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 can uh, approach it. I don't know in in a more gentle fashion. You know, it's it's uh, and it's, it's like even dressing. I don't know how how, how do you. I mean, like I I I was a modern father. You know, like just worked. Uh, I I was in and out of work, so we actually made the decision that I would stay at home mm. and raise Hazel. So which I did for two years. And you um, would have been that would have been pretty unique for the time. Oh, it, as I, I think I've probably told you before, the Sunday Tribune came out and interviewed me. Mm. Um, oh, his name is just gone from my mind, uh, the journalist. And uh, I was only reading an article by him there the other day. Um, but uh, he came out, took photographs. So, yeah, no, it, it, it was it was very unique. Uh, completely freaked out my mother. My mother was just <laughs> completely... You know, I don't. I don't even know what my father tossed. I don't. I think he was terrified to tell me what he tossed. But my mother would certainly tell me what she tossed, and she was just completely freaked out. You know, why are you doing this? A man should not raise a child. That's the first thing. Mm -hmm. And a man should not raise a girl child. You should not be changing nappies on a girl. You know, why not? Well, you, you just shouldn't. You know, it's not natural. Uh, you know, and and uh, so she, I would say, for the two years I was at home. My mother gave me a hard time, you know, every time. When are you going to work? This is not, this is not right. You shouldn't, you know, I'm, I'm you know, the woman, I'm exaggerating a small bit, yeah. you know, she, you know, she's often doing a jokey fashion, but the message was quite clear. Mm. You should not be raising a child. You Did have a wife. If not, she loved Jocelyn Bistel, still does. It wasn't that Joss should be doing this, mm. but, but, you know, that is the mother's role. It's certainly not the father's role. Did you, did you have any doubts yourself? No, not the slightest no. doubts, not mm. even for a moment. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, in 
again, it would, it would, it would, it would make a whole podcast in itself. The dynamics in the area where we lived was just so funny. Like when we moved in first, because it, it was a, it was a newish enough estate. So most of the couples were of the same age. This is Grange this, Abbey. This is in Grange Abbey. Up in yeah. Age, yeah. And, you know, we were all of similar ages, you know, Ed. We had bought the house secondhand. We hadn't bought it new. So we weren't the original tenants, uh, whereas most of them were. But there, there wasn't a huge gap in age between us. And as in all estates, men are men and women are women. And, you know, it, it's we, we got on well with everybody that we that we that we miss and our neighbours. But I noticed over the two years a, a, a change in the men mm-hmm. towards me and the funny thing about it was it, it wasn't a, a threatening change. I, I, I think they actually stopped seeing me as a man. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I, I, I have any number of instances, but I always remember one day now, Hazel, she was starting to walk at the time. So we get up in the morning, Jocelyn would go to work. Obviously me and Hazel are up, you know, so we'd go out, you know, we'd, we'd Wherever we went, we'd go. But anyways, when you know, we normally go for a walk around the area. Anyway, so I remember we were walking this particular morning, and this guy came storming out of his house. He slammed the front fucking door, slammed the fucking gate. I can't, I can't really even remember his name now. You know, John or something. You know. so, John, you're like, no, I'm fucking not. You know what I mean? He says that woman is driving me fucking demented. You know, and uh, I said, no, I can't. He said, Liam, w- would you do me a favor? I went, yeah, 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 wherever you want. And he said, would you go in and talk to her? You know, she's driving me fucking demented. You know, this, that, whatever nonsense he was going on. Look, you you just go in, have a word with her, see what the like. I was thinking, how many men going to work would tell another man, my wife's in there in bad jail, would you go in and comfort her? You know, I was thinking, he's, he's not, he definitely doesn't see me as a tress, you know. So I, I, I did get a sense of that, 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 mm. I mean, nobody ever said anything or, but, you know, and we all always grown very well. And, and then oh, there, there, there was a, there was, Hazel was getting a bit bigger at this stage. Another kid started to play with her. I remember one of the days coming out and, and there was a few kids playing in the garden. And, and uh, we had a car at this stage and, and uh, Justin was driving up and down to work. Um, and uh, I said to one of the kids, hey, would you open the gate there? Uh, Justin's mommy will be home from work now in a few minutes. Or Hazel's mommy will be home from work in a few minutes. And, and the, guy, the guy looked at me. No, Hazel's daddy be home in a few minutes. <laughs> and I said, no, her, her, her mammy be home. No, her daddy be home from work. And I said, well, well, who am I? And the child was stunned. The child went, well, actually, I don't know. Now that you bring it up in conversation, <laughs> I don't actually know who you are. So the child just looked at me going, <laughs> I don't really know who you are. You know, I don't care. That's, that's cool. It's, uh... Was there anything in that time was it two years you stayed? Yeah, it was two, close to two years or so, yeah. yeah. And obviously at the beginning of Hazel's life. Yeah. Which, at least in my experience, I'm obviously very early into it. It's, you know, difficult because, you know, still, they're not people yet. They're oh, just yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. What did you find most difficult? Or was there anything in particular that you found a challenge? No, no there's nothing no. stands out, which, yeah. is, which is weird, yeah. you know. Um, no, I, I, I can't remember any particular instances I mean, we were part of mother and baby groups and we were, uh, there was creches and things like that. There was certainly no, 
sorry when I said we were part of more than baby groups when when Justin was pregnant and and uh, you know we still knew some of the couples afterwards but there was no sort of you know morning crashes where mm. the, the mother's mess and then I turned up with Hazel you know the, those groups didn't exist at that time you know yeah no I I, I no <laughs> the honest answer is <laughs> I was in heaven I genuinely was in heaven yeah. uh, I mean you know as I say being an electrician, I always turned a few quid here, there, anywhere. I, you know, I, there was times when, when I went back to work maybe for a week or two or something, you know, somebody might offer mm. me a job for a week or whatever. Um, and my own parents, then my own mother and father would, 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 would jump in and, and mind Hazel or whatever. No, I, I, it's, a, it's a bit like looking back in Garnetry. I'm sure I need somebody to, to, to slap me and say, no, it wasn't all <laughs> sweetness and light. But no, I, I don't remember any negative um, vibes at all. No, not at all. Um, one of the things I was curious about is, because obviously you've seen us as kids and now you've seen us growing up, um, and and I, I, I sort of feel this with Lily now. I can't quite put it into words. Obviously, she's still so young, but I, f I feel like I, I already know who she's going to be in a way. Or I, f I feel like I already have a feeling for who she's going to become. Did Seeing us as kids and seeing who we became, did you, you know, could you kind of tell who we were going to be or did we surprise you in the way we turned out? Or? On, on some levels, yes. And, and maybe on other levels, no, but I mean, <laughs> I hope she doesn't listen to this, but, but I mean, Hazel was an angel. She, mm. she absolutely, she, she was, she was very intelligent. She was very articulous. Um, you know, she was very nice and, you know, and she was great company. Like when she got talking, you know, that, that, you know, she was fun to be around, you know, you get, you know, the, the, and I'm going to say she always was like that until say you came along and then Ashlyn came along then the role started to change a bit but even at that she she was always you know pleasant is not the word I'm looking for but you know she was always good fun to be around and 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 and, and she was jolly and 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 you know playful and then when she got to 12 she completely turned <laughs> she became some other person you know um so I I mean, obviously, we both discuss what she does now. I mean, she 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 obviously works now, but uh, the the, but now, when I was sitting with her, when she'd be three or four or whatever, mm. she always seemed to me she'd be more artistic, you know, uh, that that it would be music or something, you know, and and she was good at music, you know, mm. but but she got into business, and 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 is very good at business, you know, but. Uh, yeah, no. If I if I'd been, I mean, obviously I used to read palms, so <laughs> I, I'd read her palms, so I could see that she was going to be very successful as whatever she decided to do. But no, I I couldn't say. Uh, I always knew she was going to be a musician, or I always mm. knew she was going to be a, a, an actress or something. You know, uh, the career she ended up doing did surprise me, but it didn't surprise me that she was a success. Mm. At us, if you know what I mean, it's it's. Uh, mm. Whereas I think with you, not so much when you were Lily's age, but as you were, we always had the sense that 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 you would be a good teacher. Oh, really? Yeah, we always had that sense, and, and uh, you know, and and 
where we could, we always try to guide your career towards that, thinking that, you know, one day you'll be a primary school teacher, a secondary school, whatever. But it was always, if, if, I, if it wasn't sport, because mm. uh, obviously I thought, I thought you were going to play for Man United, so you shattered <laughs> that fucking dream. Uh, <laughs> the, um, but, but, no, I never, I never put those labels on Hazel. I don't, mm. I don't know why, um, but mm. but I didn't. It's it's it's. Uh... Mm. And did you actually? I don't want this to come off the wrong way. Um, like, did you put much thought into parenting, or did you kind of more work off instinct or intuition, or, you know. Uh, personally, I didn't. No, yeah. not at all. Um, <laughs> just did. And in fairness, possibly had it been up to me, you probably would have never went to school because I hated <laughs> fucking school, even though Springdale School, fabulous school. Everything about it is fabulous. Even just walking through those gates used to, like the, the early mornings bringing Hazel up, you know, I, I would have easily have kept going rather than walking through those gates. Mm. When to be paired in teacher meetings, I had zero interest in going and want to talk to teachers and want to have, <laughs> even though they were, they were fabulous people, but I just school, nah. And as I say, in a, in a different lifetime, you guys probably wouldn't have went to school, <laughs> if, <laughs> which could have been interesting in itself, you know? Yeah, yeah no, uh, I, I did. I personally, I, I had one philosophy. And 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 I think I still have it to a degree. I just wanted you to be happy. That's mm. all. And it wasn't because I felt I was unhappy, if you know what I mean, or had been unhappy or could be unhappy or whatever. But that's all I wanted from you guys, just to be happy. And mm. it, it wouldn't have bothered me had you never worked or, you know, once what you were doing, you were happy doing this. And I think that that probably guided some of my, you know, because I nearly take my cues from you guys. What did you like doing? Oh, you, you know, I, 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 I never, if, if we take you, for example, because again, every child has its own place in the family and, and, mm -hmm. and, and families change over when we had Hazel. I, as I say, it was in an hour of work. I could afford to take two years off and, and not go to work. Um, ultimately, pressures pushed me back towards going to work. But th there was a lot of ins and outs and that's, you know, uh, you know, I, I never really had a complete steady job. I might work somewhere six months, then I'd have some time off and then I'd work somewhere else. I did, you know, so it was... The week you were born, whereas I had intended to give you the same um, ceremony that I'd given Hazel, I had intended to go on the piss <laughs> for a week. Halfway through that week, <laughs> I got a phone call from a company, and and again, I, I I will I will you know it's when you when you know when you drank as much as I did, how I have any memories at all is beyond me. But you know it's funny how certain memories just stick in your mind. Um, I'd, I'd been drinking fairly heavy for a few days and uh, Joss woke me up one morning. Um, I think I'd probably got in at four or five in the morning, but anyway, she woke me up nine o'clock, fairly coherent. 
And uh, she said, this guy on the phone wants to talk to you. And I go, are you fucking joking me? <laughs> <laughs> How can I talk to anybody? She says, look, this is his third, fourth time ringing. You know, you, you, you really got to talk to this guy, you know. So I remember the phone used to be up in the hall. I had to come down the stairs, hold my head. And oh, God. And so it's this guy, Stuart Docking. And uh, I need you to come in for an interview. I was going, man, honestly, look, I'm just going to be straight up with you, man. I've been drinking for possibly two, three days solid now. I said, I, I can barely hold this phone. I can't hold my head up. I said, I'm not really feeling great. So, you know, if we could maybe put the interview off for another day. And he went, no, I actually need to talk to you today. And I said, man, I'm, 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 I'm being straight with you here. I'm just not in any condition. And he says, is there anybody who can drive you? I said, yeah, well, my wife could drive me. He says, go up, have a shower, clean yourself up and come in and see me. I said, man, this, this is really not going to work out, you know. And he's going, just do us, please. So I had to go back. Anyway, she drove me. I went in. I was shaking, right? My hands were shaking. Sat down in front of this guy. His hands were shaking. <laughs> and we were sort of vibrating at the same frequency. <laughs> and, you know, it turned out, as, as I found out later, he was an alcoholic. Uh, but he was badly stuck for somebody to fulfill a role that, that I had applied for months earlier and just forgotten all about. Um, I had applied for loads of jobs, but just I, I just completely forgotten about us. And uh, he gave me the job there and then. <laughs> so you were you were only two or three days old. Now you were born here in the house, so you yeah. were born in the kitchen, so you were here. So I had to come home and say, I'm going to work. Whereas I didn't have to do that with Hazel. Like I came home, I had, you know, lots of good times and whatever, but I had to come home. and. As it turned out, I mean, as I say, it, it took me seven years to serve me time. That should have only took, took five. I think the longest I was in any job was probably six months after coming down my time. Well, no, that's a lie. I was fighting. Sorry, that, that is a lie. Uh, I, I was I was five years in Temple Street once, hmm. uh, you know. Uh, yeah, no, you, you weren't burnt, I said. Um, it, when I went back to work after, after Hazel, I, I, I went back to work for an electric company and actually yeah I worked for five or six years uh, as an electrician non-stop but when I got the job with this company called uh, Matrix Maintenance as they were called at the time um, I, I I was never unemployed till the day I retired so mm -hmm. I worked for 30 odd years without a break in the employment um, but but it, it, it did break my heart in that one it, it was a fairly pressurized role that I went into because this was a startup company. This guy expected everybody to work seven days a week, mm. uh, as 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 he used to say as a joke. Uh, you know, if if you're not coming in Sunday, what was this? What was the thing? Oh, if you don't come in Sunday, don't bother coming in Saturday or something. Some fucking stupid thing. That's you were expected to be there seven days a week. You know, um, and daring to ask for overtime or some consideration. <laughs> now, if you wanted to drink with him, yeah, you could drink all day, but that's, that's a whole other story. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I went to work the, the week you were born and, and, I, and I never came home. Um, I, I worked solid from that time on, which means that the leisure time we had, I tried to make the best of us, mm. you know what I mean? And, and again, you know, I thought it took certain um, cues even from from you at a very early age. We've talked about this before. I mean, you, you walked at seven months, which was, you know, I thought at the time a bit of a miracle. But, you know, <laughs> other children have walked at seven months. 
And then from the minute you walked, you just wanted to kick a football. You, you, there was absolutely nothing else in your mind except football, mm. either kicking us or rolling us. So, you know, it made things easy. We, we, we had a big enough garden. We just went out the garden. The very first thing I built for you was a, was a set of goals. And we just spend all our free time out kicking the ball. So mm. there, there was no huge demand on me um, to, 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 I don't know what, what I'm trying to say here. Um, you just wanted me to play football with you. You didn't. You didn't <laughs> want me to fucking educate you in other things, or you know, you just wanted me to be half decent at football. If you have to kick a ball, you know, just go and go. Really. Just go and go. <laughs> you know, and and uh, so you know, it it made the time with you very easy. I mean, if you were asked me to do Lego or Meccano or something, I probably would have got pissed off, or you know, um, but. Being out in the back garden kicking a ball, hey, what's what's not to love about that? Mm. You know, it's uh, yeah. uh, very strange. It's uh, I had um, sort of a a question based on something that a friend you probably listened to this Shane O'Sullivan, yeah, because I, I was mentioned that we we're going to do this podcast, and I said, you know, would you have any questions that you would ask your dad or whatever? And this question came up. And I think it's quite interesting because what, so one of the things I would have felt growing up, and I don't know if this is kind of um, maybe me being the middle child or, you know, if this was just your general approach with all of us, but I always felt you kind of really gave me space to make mistakes or to kind of find my own way. Like I never felt you were in any way controlling or overbearing or like uh, that I was definitely given space to kind of grow. And <laughs> thing so when we would have been about I don't know maybe 14 15 we were starting to kind of like you know drinking out in the streets and and stuff like that that I would presume you'd know that we used to kind of like steal a few cans from you <laughs> and I would have I, I, you know you'd have four cans in the mm. press we'd take three of them I presume you would have known no, yeah, no, right. but you never said anything to me yeah. and you never gave out to me you never punished me you never disciplined me or anything like that and was again was that a conscious decision or was that did, did you did you kind of choose to give me that space to grow or was that just the way it felt more natural for you to approach it or no i mean myself and jocelyn your mother are totally opposite people <laughs> they say opposite just right so that that has to be good but you know she she would like she likes boundaries she, you know, she likes discipline. She likes things to be as they are. I, I love chaos. You know what I mean. <laughs> and and in a different life, I would be living a more chaotic lifestyle. You know, and I could very easily live in a hippie commune and whatever. Mm. You know. Um. So, I always felt my father was controlling. Mm. Everything I did was controlled, and 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 I rejected it all. Mm. Uh, you know. As you get older, you look back and say, oh, yeah, well, maybe it was for my own good. Maybe it wasn't. But but maybe it wasn't. You know what I mean? Um, you know, I, I always felt I could have been maybe an artist or something. You know, I don't know. I, I've no talent for painting or whatever. You know, talents other ways. But, but n none of those areas were ever explored. You know, mm. um, you, you were, as I say, you were told you were going to be an electrician. It wasn't, do you like? You know, do you think you'd like to be an electrician or, you know, you would no choice. You were just told and everything was strict. 
and I never wanted that for for my family. This whole concept. I mean, I I don't think did we ever have pocket money in this family. I can't remember. Um, it definitely no. wasn't given like yeah. you know you get ten euro a week or whatever yeah. it was. No, yeah, no, no. yeah. The, the whole concept of pocket money used to freak me out. That you know, yeah you're paying your children to be good or to do and and i understand the other side that you need to know the value of money and you need to know the value of being part. but i think you can learn those values other ways you, know? yeah. you don't need to be bribed or blackmailed and you know certainly when when you 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 talk to the football um you know well, who would want to fight against that? I mean, who would want to restrict that as 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 either a lifestyle choice or a career choice or whatever? Um, you you had a small obsessive side to your personality, mm-hmm. um, and I, I suppose the the era of being um, computers weren't you know there was no, there was no smartphones or mm-hmm. you know very few mobile phones, but I worked for a computer company. So, I mean, I had access to computers and computer software and games and stuff like that. And and I did notice that, you know, you, you as all children, it wasn't you, but mm. that you, you know, you, you became fairly obsessed with the games fairly quickly. And, and that would have bothered me and, mm. and I would have restricted that, um, you know, that that because I, I disliked computers. <laughs> I was going to say I hated them, but I disliked them. Mm. Um, but... I, 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 you know, and, and I'd be interested in, in, in your recollection of this. I think the only thing I ever forced you to do was learn the guitar. I think that yeah. was the only. Well, um, I remember having a. You kind of gave me a choice of guitar, or piano. I, I remember you saying that I had to learn one yeah. of them. And I do sort of, I, I think you pushed me towards the piano. Knowing that you're going to take the guitar. <laughs> well, I thought your reason at the time was if you learned the piano, the guitar would be easy. Well, Everything is easy after yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I, I, no, I do remember. Um, and I, I mean, I remember you rebelled so, you know, you <laughs> fucking gave me a real hard time over that. And I, and using the old cliche, you will thank me someday for this. You will, yeah. honestly, you know, trust me on this yeah. one, you know. And, and, uh, I, I was one of the few things I do remember being forced, forced to do. Word, yes, no, yeah. To go up and get the lessons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and not wanting to do yeah. that. I mean, it, but, it, it was the one thing that I knew you, you would get lifetime benefits from. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I didn't think, you know, because again, back to the, all the dads, uh, I, I remember talking to you about we'd be joining a karate club and you, you'd, you'd zero interest. And and in fairness, I had been in karate clubs and, and, and I really loved that environment. You know, and and it, it would have definitely been something that I would have liked me and you to do together. You know what I mean? Uh, but but you had zero interest. And mm-hmm. again, I could have forced you, I could have dragged you along, and you know, and knowing that at some stage you would turn and and say, "Thanks for doing that." It's like forcing somebody to do yoga or something. Yeah. You know, but but I wasn't, you know, I, I wasn't interested enough that much to force you to do it. But I knew music would would you know pay dividends yeah. somewhere along the line you know so but no I, I i as i say if 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 justin had to run off and left me with the three <laughs> children she definitely would have had a completely different upbringing <laughs> she was the only one who introduced any sort of structure or discipline i just and and even though like as i say i worked for organizations and and i within the organizations had to impose structures and disciplines and procedures and protocols all the great things uh, I 
uh, no, I never wanted that for my own family. Mm. I was happy enough to do it and work and, mm. you know, it it's, didn't bother me at all. But, you know, giving out to you or yeah. sending you to bed without your supper or something, you know. Now, in fairness, you, you, you know, when you were young, um, and I'm talking about when you're four or five or whatever, you know, you, you were quite... Um, What's the word I'm looking for here? You know, you could be quite headstrong. And a few times, sure, and you yeah. had a temper, and a few times we would just open the back door and throw you out and just say, <laughs> look, sort out yourself. It's, uh, you know, when you're ready to come back in, let us know. And I, I do remember times you're banging on the window, let me in, let me in. And I go, no, just, I, I just can't deal with you at this minute in time. Was, uh, you know, it's, uh, but it was either that or, or beat you with a stick or something, but I don't know. It's, um, yeah, no, the, 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 you, you were quite headstrong. Um, yeah. and, and I suppose, again, from my own side, you know, knowing the relationship um, that I had with my own father. I mean, I, I never envisaged us being best friends. I never had this idea, oh, me and Brian would be always best friends. We'd do everything. That, that wasn't my ambition for you. Hmm. But it was certainly wasn't my ambition never to talk to you again <laughs> or not know anything about your life. So, yeah, no, I, I think I did adopt a very easygoing uh, attitude. I mean, you know, one of one of the, the, the beauty, I think, of, of Joss's job uh, is that she worked every second Saturday. Mm. So. I had to look after you guys, not, not that I had to is the, is the wrong word. Um, but I couldn't go to work because if I went to work, then there'd be no, you know, whereas, um, you know, the job would, would demand you come in Saturday. Well, I can't, I have to mind the kids, you mm. know, uh, and, and a few times I brought you with me. I mean, I was the talk of the company. Mm. I mean, uh, you, you probably don't remember coming into any of the particular uh, offices with me, but there was times. I brought I brought you into offices and I mean I remember one of the big software companies Lotus which was a client of mine and I spent a lot of time in Lotus out in Santry but it was just huge desk areas I mean hundreds of desks like a maze and I remember many times yourself and Hazel running around the place <laughs> switching on computers switching oh God knows when people came in the morning what was what the you know you I mean you weren't playing on them or running programs but you were just switching things on and off and moving things from desks oh look what i found on this because you know in the offices people have all sorts of mad stuff on their desks and uh <laughs> yeah so it's um but but i i always enjoyed those saturdays you mm. know and and most of them were spent just in the back garden it wasn't like we we did anything special i went to the zoo or yeah. and i even like risa who was our next door neighbor at the time i remember having a conversation with her uh years later and she said you know something you just always seem to be such a happy family she said I used to open my window and listen to you guys in the back garden laughing and joking and you know and all we were doing was either kicking a ball or just chasing one another around the place it was you know i think we had a swing i think we got a swing at some stage but uh but it, it was very simple stuff you know mm. yeah no yeah i think i think it's something that i'm gonna do my best with lily as well to, to just take her lead yeah. And what she kind of wants to do and what she's interested in and and definitely kind of encourage certain things for sure like i, I wanted to swim music is definitely yeah. something we'll try and get her interested in but something that i i don't know how much i realized at the time but definitely looking back on it something i'm very appreciative mm. of that that i that i wasn't grown up with any sort of major expectations on me or or you know even sort of consider 
or if I remember like, you know, stuff like the leaving cert and how other friends of mine's parents might have approached that compared to how you guys mm. kind of approached it when I think for me at least, I think I would have probably crumbled under any kind of big pressure to do yeah, yeah. well or to um so it's definitely it's a a style of parenting, I guess I, w- I would definitely try to replicate in some sense. Uh, well, it, it's definitely something that you have to grow old to appreciate. You, you actually don't realize how long you're going to live, you know, mm-hmm. assuming you're going to live your full span. Yeah. But, you know, like, you know, when I was an electrician, I, I could see nothing else but being an electrician. I never, you know, if somebody had, a, when I was working in Temple Street Hospital, I absolutely loved this. And then genuinely, I couldn't have been any happier. Used to cycle in, cycle home, every, oh, just everything about us. Like, if somebody had said to me, you would be running your own company in, in 10 years time or, you know, and, and not an electrical company, you know, mm-hmm. or you would be managing a, a, a big division in a, in a, in a, in a, in a, a multinational. Or, I mean, I would have laughed. I mm-hmm. mean, like, even, even to lead, I, I, just assumed all my life though I do a huge amount of talking that nobody was interested in what I was saying you know what I mean <laughs> and, and and but the thing about it is it didn't bother me you'd say it anyway you know what I mean I didn't you know that, that you know I just I always treated people fairly mm-hmm. and that's all I ever asked them to do back you know and and so with results you know and I never you know within reason I didn't take things personally until things you know in business, things get fairly vicious and they do get personal and, and it was, how do people even think like that? Because mm. I never thought like that. I, I always thought of uh, cooperatively, you know, that if we all work together, it'll all work out and for the common good or whatever, you know. Mm. But uh, when I realised that not everybody thought like that, uh, you know, that, that was a bit of an eye opener to me now, I have to say. Um, but yeah, no, you, you, but I, I, you know, it, it's like if, if even you know, you're you're thirty now, for example, or you're thirty two or whatever. If if you decided, you know, this is a lot of nonsense what I'm doing, this this is crap, how did I ever end up doing this? I'm I'm going to become a carpenter. Mm. In five years time you'd be a carpenter. You'd be thirty seven. You know what I mean? You know, and you'd still have thirty you wouldn't be returned till you're sixty seven. Mm. So you'd you you'd work longer as a carpenter than you did in the, you know so you, you could decide tomorrow, I think I'd like to be a doctor. And as a matter of fact, she may or may not ever hear this, but but a friend of mine, her son, um, who, who I think he's older than you, he suddenly made the decision there a few years back, I, I, I want to be a, a surgeon. And and he's financed himself through college. He's done all sorts of incredible things. Now, I haven't seen her in a while with the pandemic and all that carry on. But, you know, he will be a surgeon at 40, you know. He still have 20 odd years, maybe 30 years. So you, you actually forget that you're going to live that, that you know, it, it, and it is a bit of a cliche, you know, you can have three or four careers in, in, your, in your life. You, you actually can, mm-hmm. you know, and it's even now, if, if I decided I want to be a rock star, you know what I mean? I could give it a good five years, you know. It's, uh, you never probably, know. I probably couldn't give it 10 years, but, you know, I'll probably give it a good five years. That you, you, you just, and the same with Lily, mm. you know, that... You know, let her do what she wants to do. And if she completely fucks up, well, just do something else. Then. And the basis of all that, of course, is education, mm-hmm. you know. And, and in fairness, 
in in the modern world qualifications count for something but life experience counts for something as well mm. um you know and and i mean me leaving school at, at 16 with you know the junior cert um you know when i applied for certain jobs i mean they just look at me was you know mm. but once i got to an interview i nearly always got the job because they knew i had the life skills mm. to to fulfill and and uh, the real um, which which actually changed my life. Um, uh, I, I, I can't think of the word out to describe it. But I, I actually worked for this company that I, I wasn't particularly getting on well with the rest of the management team. Just too long, complicated story. And I needed just to be away from them for a while. And I, I went and did a management course, which which was total nonsense to me. I, I, I zero interest in it because I just hate all that you know american noise nonsense you know what i mean it just it just doesn't work with but anyways i decided to do it right and obviously i was the odd one out in the class what age was i now at this stage um i'm going to say i was 40 odd close to 50 and uh was obviously the odd one out in the class for a number of reasons and one or two of the guys in the class started mimic my accent you know didn't bother me they'd all posh accents i was the only one with Dublin accents and you know it was dustin you know the turkey oh, dustin uh, how you going dustin you know and i yeah i mean i slagged back you know i didn't i didn't offend me whatsoever uh and and then one day i, I was called in and they said uh we we've uh, received a complaint and so I just assumed it was about me. Well, why, what have I done now? And they uh, said, no, that, that, that you're being bullied. <laughs> and I went, nah, I don't think so. You sure? This, we're talking about the same. Yeah, no, some of your classmates have put in a complaint against these two guys that they claim are bullying you. Mm. And I did notice that if I said something in class, they'd either laugh or they'd, they'd say something back derogatory, you know. But again, I mean, it's just to me, it was just slagging. But to others, it was bullying. Um, so that that was interesting. So I thought that's interesting. Somebody actually stood up for me, you know. And that, that's that, that's sort of good. Um, but they they did this. I think it was called uh, Travis Stock, some philosopher, some business philosopher. They did Travis Stock Weekend for business leaders, right? So uh, it's just far too complicated to go into. But on on the very first day, we they they were asking for people to put themselves forward as a leader of a group. And it was all based around questionnaires and do 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 do. So so you 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 were sort of recommending yourself by how you answer these questions. How would you react in this situation? How would you feel about this? All this yourself nonsense. And I was anyway did the whole thing and and like I think in our class there was probably say twenty people in the class, and uh, so then it came to wait. Well, who's the leader of the class? And um, some guy put up his hand, I, 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 I would like to be. And the other 19 said to me, Liam, you should put, you should be the leader. And I went, oh, what are you talking about? That's ridiculous. I'd lead you on some anarchy trailer. And uh, so, so I just laughed. And But then after the class, two or three of them approached me, said, Liam, why did you not put yourself forward as a leader? And I said, but who listens to me? And he said, we all listen to you, you know. And... That one comment gave me the confidence to actually go back to the situation that I was in, that I was very, very unhappy in, 
leave that situation mm. and set up my own company. I thought, well, actually, yeah, they're, they're saying people will listen to me if I stand up on the soapbox, mm. and 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 it did, and it was and it was a successful company as well. So mm. it's uh, things can change in the moment. That's but that's just in the moment. But yeah. I, I, again, the main point I was making, you know, that if if somebody told you at twenty, oh, you're going to do this, 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 you, you, oh man, you're fucking, you know, you're locked into a box almost immediately. Yeah. Whereas do do what you're good at is what they always say and you know the old thing about your hobby and blah 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 that is actually all true mm. but as I say even if you fail you can just start again mm. you know what I mean it, it, it's it's it, there's there's no now you know the world exists around finance you have to you know get the finance as well and I suppose if if it was if it was still you know my father probably gave me lots of gifts that that I that I don't still don't recognize you know but at the end of the day being an electrician gave me a skill set that even today if I needed to earn money you know I I I can go to your house and charge you to ward up a socket or a light mm. in your back or whatever like like I will never starve you know um. Because I had a skill, so I think, you know, th there's no harm in giving somebody a skill, even if they'd never use it. Mm. That it's always something there that, you know, they can fall back on on, on the hard times. It's uh, mm. so I, I'm I'm certainly not offering any parental advice to to <laughs> Lily or you know, uh, send her off to be a carpenter or something. You know yeah. what I mean? But but even time spent doing things that are skills. Mm. will not be wasted you know so it's a yeah the, the the so the last thing i'd like to talk to you about is obviously being a a grandfather a granddad and how you found that experience but also specifically how you have how it's been for you seeing your kids become parents mm. how that whole experience has been that that's a tough one i mean I absolutely loved being a father, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I, I kind of think of any time that, you know, I said, fuck, where, how did I find myself in this situation? <laughs> I need to get out of here quick. I, I genuinely loved the trivias mm -hmm. equally, you know, and, and, and three unique people and, you know, love you guys being in my life. Just fabulous. So that goes without saying. Seeing people, I mean, <laughs> I've seen myself grow up, don't mind uh, watching you guys grow up. Um, I, th I think because I never had any expectations, uh, I certainly can't be disappointed. <laughs> uh, but not having ex any expectations, one, well, one, you're not going to be disappointed. But obviously, I'm not disappointed because, I mean, the three of us turned out to be fabulous people, you know, all doing what just like doing, three completely different people, um, you know. So I would have loved to have been more involved in your lives when you were growing up. Mm. Uh, as I say, the, 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 the job, I, I, I sort of foresaw my life a bit like my time with Hazel. That mm. with each of my children, I would be given that time, uh, you know, to bond with them and to be with them and to do lots of fun things with them. Um, certainly 
getting that job back in 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 in, in 19 uh what, what year were you born 1991 1989 you know uh and never been out of work since 1989 uh it didn't rob me of anything you know but but it robbed me a little bit of time but i was very well paid for that time so it it, it allowed me to compensate in other ways to you guys uh you know that you could go to college, go, you know, mm. I, I don't think we were ever, and, and Justin is the exact same, we, we never want anything. And I think you guys were the same. I don't ever remember, oh, I, I need to have a gold bike because mm. everybody on the street has a gold bike or whatever. I, I don't ever remember those pressures coming from you guys, you mm. know, um, so-and-so so-and-so got something and i need to get the same thing i just mm. don't remember that maybe maybe it did happen and i've forgotten but i certainly don't remember it um but so you you guys grew up to be to be fabulous people and and in fairness you know i you, you always in in life you try not to jinx your life by saying isn't things wonderful because we're all at that type of thing. Oh, just the minute things are wonderful, something will happen. Mm. You know, my my mother's a great one for that. You know what I mean? It, it's it's it's. Don't be happy just in case, or don't tell anybody you're happy because somebody will will do something to to. But uh, so so I love being a parent. I I you know maybe not. Well, I certainly didn't like any aspect of it that that involves schools. Mm. <laughs> I don't think I ever went down to, to Mount Temple. I certainly didn't involve myself too much in Springdale. I certainly didn't involve myself too much in Mount Temple. Um, anything that required uh, serious parenting type vibes didn't suit me at all. But anything else, sports days and, and, and just general hanging out. Mm. Yeah, I was on holidays, obviously. Uh, I loved all of that. Grandchildren just, I mean, I've seen the difference that 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 you and Hazel uh, and his other grandchildren, but particularly you and Hazel, because we live so close to them uh, and Ashland as well, um, made to my father. Like, he's completely changed his life. Completely. You know, you're still a fucking pain in the ass now, honestly. <laughs> but you know what I mean? But how, you know, he he related to you. And I mean, if, if there was ever... A negative. This has been a very positive. I think was there was ever real. They, it used to, it used to. You know, if if you said that in the bedroom, you drive me fucking mad. You know, if you said, "Oh, granddad said we can do this," who the fuck? Don't even ask him anything. Don't talk to him. Don't, you know, and, and obviously I never said that to you, but that was the fucking what you know that just you. But I I could see how much. He loved you and you loved him and, you know, and, 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 and the same for Hazel and Ashton. It was no different just because you were a boy um, and, and his other grandchildren. You know, he obviously had others, your cousins. Um, but but, but it, it used to freak me out if you showed any favourite disempowerment. Oh, granddad said I can do this. Oh, jeez. <laughs> about the only, the, uh, but then obviously, you know, when, 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 when Hazel had Liam, I mean, it's just pure joy mm. i mean I, I i was listening to some guy talking about being a granddad there a while back and and he was bemoaning the fact that that he was getting old but he said and, and it was never a true word spoken you have to get old to be a granddad you can't <laughs> be a granddad when you're 20 you, you know in very unique circumstances and he said it it does compensate for getting old i mean any old person will tell you 
I still feel 20. I still, you know, will feel I'm ready to party and do whatever has to be done or whatever. But the body knows it can't, mm. you know, um, but but definitely having grandchildren compensates because the because I'm not even too sure if if your own children can give you unadulterated love. I think there's a relationship there between you and your children from from day one. You, you, there's some dependency issue or something. I don't know what it is. Um, you know, definitely the child gives you love. You know what I mean? And and mm. but I think there's always a little questioning there somewhere. That's my dad. And, and, and but with with grandchildren, it's just unadulterated. There's no questioning. You know, and and that's what used to freak me out when you'd say, you know, oh, my dad said something. Oh, what the fuck does he say? I don't care what he says. You know what I mean? And I'm sure it it, it drives Hazel mad when Liam goes home or Adam goes home. Granddad said I can do this or I can do that. You know, and hopefully Lily the same. You know, yeah. Granddad said I can climb on the wall and jump off without a parachute. Is, is he mad? <laughs> you, you, you know, you're not allowed to do these things. You know, but without overthinking us, you know what I mean, which which I haven't uh, and don't. Um it's 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 just that love that comes from the kids. It's just incredible, mm -hmm. you know, and it's it really is such a gift, you know, does uh so yeah no looking at granddad as well. Mm. <laughs> and how I'm not sure why with the word but and you know your your experience of seeing your children be parents. How does that feel? Do you feel, do you feel in any way? Like, do you, do you, well, I know your, your overall approach to parenting was a little bit more kind of hands off, but like, do you, do you worry about us as parents or do you feel the need to intervene at any point that you feel or? No, no, no. Um, because I mean, you know, in, in fairness, obviously, the child's safety is 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 paramount to all of us. Mm. But I I did terrible things with you guys. How you know like <laughs> you, like I did very silly things, letting you just jump off walls or you know do stupid things that when I look back to you, you only had to land a fraction of an inch one mm. way or the other way. And you could have you know broke your neck, didn't you know broke your legs, whatever. So you you become much more aware of those um, situations. Because, well, I'm 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 not particularly religious, but it 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 is funny, you know. I would rather suffer anything than you guys suffer, you know. So I always had that fear. So any anything that's um, happened in my life, in particular, particularly after yours were born, because it couldn't have been before. I would offer it up as well if that saves you from that pain mm. i'm i'm happy to take it and 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 that, that actually helped me get over lots of different situations that oh no i accept this is what happened but if it never happens to my children if they could look at me and say well he he was stupid enough to do that i'm definitely not gonna do that <laughs> you know uh you know that 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 made me happy you know or done mm. it makes me happy but uh and and it's the same with the grandchildren. Uh, I mean, like, like time makes hypocrites of us all. It'll absolutely do. And and you know to to watch 
whether it be hazel, not so much you, but over the, you know, oh, sit there and eat your dinner or, you know, and I think I never said that to her, you know, mm. now suddenly she's laying down the lot to somebody <laughs> else. I, I never told her she had to, you know, brush her teeth before she went to bed or whatever it might be, you know, now suddenly that's the law, you know, and, and you will be the same. You'll say to mm. Lily, you, you, you know, you can't leave the table to eat your peas or something. And I go, and, and I will say, oh, you, you fucking never let your peas, you know, so. <laughs> We'll all become hypocrites, mm. you know, and and letting go isn't easy or, or, or mm. letting people grow is not easy because we have a tendency to interfere. And anybody that knows me thinks um, that I'm a bit of a dictator that I and, and like when I'm involved in a project, mm. whatever the project is, I like to lead and and but, but I'm, I always thought I was very much a team player. That I would accept, you know, opinions from others. Some people think I don't, but I actually do. I do take it on board. Uh, whether I act on it or not is another thing, but I, I definitely do take it on board. And, you know, what am I trying to say here is that, you know, I did try and guide you guys in a certain way. Um, and now I'm going to watch you guys guiding your children in a certain way. But I am, un unless I think you're being completely stupid. I, I will not be interfering, you know, but but equally, you know, even at this stage, there are things that I see and I go, mm, yeah, I don't particularly agree. But, you know, hey, <laughs> they learn the hard way. <laughs> and, but, you know, but, but the funny thing, you know, to look back in certain instances, as I say, like how, you know, you didn't break your leg or remember doing stuff with how she didn't break her neck. Mm. I think, well, you know, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't even want my grandchildren I'd rather them <laughs> not have the experience, whatever that experience was, mm. than run the risk of them hoarding themselves having that experience. And and that's the tough bit. You know, you're you're gonna want Lily to experience things, but you're equally gonna want her to be safe. Mm. And it's it's a very, very fine line, mm. you know, and, and 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 how you negotiate that, I'm not quite sure. Uh the only thing I'll always be here for advice yeah. <laughs> or the granddad that'll allow everything to happen. She'd be going, oh, I'm going to say with granddad. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure I'll probably have a bit of a competition from Henry and Baz. So it's, um, well, that I won't be the only cool granddad. <laughs> yeah, she's lucky in that sense. Yeah. The, the final question I want to ask you, what kind of ties in with that? If you were to give, not just me, but any parent, maybe particularly a new parent, advice just just one piece of advice that's a tough one what would it be well i, th I think it would be as we said earlier give everybody space mm. take a deep breath before you do anything mm. you know what i mean it's uh, and there is no situation that cannot be resolved you know other than maybe somebody dying or something i don't know let's not go there the the you know but that that I've been involved in so many disasters in my life that 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 I woke up going, man, I just cannot face this day. How is this? How am I ever going to resolve this? And you know, six weeks later, six days later, six years later, I can't even remember them. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I I I had an instant in business where I I I missed a deadline on a lease which tied us in to uh, this particular building for 20 years, a very, very high rents. 
every day and and missed out on an opportunity to to get a better lease in buy a bill you know too long cover but it, it, it was just a bad mistake right just bad bad business mistake didn't cost anybody their lives or anything like that just a bad i remember every day driving to work and i used to pass by this building oh fuck how did i make that mistake look it, it nearly upset most days because mm -hmm. you know and now where is this you know, I, 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 I can't even tell you where to, you know, I, I have a vague memory of where to be. But, but I do remember this thing really bothering me. And now it's history. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think you got, you got to give your kids space. You, you, you absolutely do. You, you, you got to guide them in, in, as, in as best you can. And, and it's, it's, it's a two-parent job. It really is because uh, there's not any one of us has all the skills and the attributes and as i say boy i i, I do think myself and jocelyn made a great team mm. in that like i wouldn't even i absolutely wouldn't agree with what she wanted to do in a particular situation but we were equal partners so I, that would be done whether it be sending you to bed or whatever we're going to let him watch the football or whatever it may be so no 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 you, you know it it worked because there was you know two people it wasn't just as i say if if, if for any reason i'd have brought you up on my own uh, i think you know you would have certainly had a much more chaotic um <laughs> lifestyle and and you know we may be still sitting here having the same conversation but we may not be you know so i i i think for any new parents, I think both people have to be involved, you know, in in as best they can. And and as I say, try try and take some guidance from the kids. They they may have been here before. <laughs> they may know things that we don't know, you know. Yeah. Well, I want to take the opportunity before you finish up to say thank you for not only finding the time to have this conversation, but for you know. I don't know how obviously you'll come across other people who might have listened to this conversation or, you know, listened this far into this conversation. We've been talking for a little while, but, um, you know, genuinely, I feel like you gave me every bit of support that I ever needed. You gave me every opportunity to grow into the person that I am now. And I, I feel like I still have the support to keep growing into the person to who I might mm. be in 10, 20 years, whatever. So. Thank you very much for that. Oh, thank you. I'd, I'd like to say it was the plan, but it wasn't the plan. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, I love you loads, well, Dad. Love you too. Thank you very much. Right, thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs>